You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, here with the 10th season of the Bulldog Hour. Believe it or not, here we are kicking off season 10, episode one. We're going to do a little bit of a winter update here in 2024. It's been about two months or so since we had our last show at the end of the 2023 season, and we have a lot to talk about to kind of put a bow on 2023 and then move on here into 2024. And I'm not alone. Justin Raffoff, my co-host, here with me as always. Justin, good to see you again. Yeah, it's great to be back. I can't believe this is year 10. I know, right? It's, I still go back to when this pre-show, when I was just, you were away and I had to send the tweets for you. And I was super nervous, like <laughs> sitting in the stands. That was like, only one year before the show came back. Yeah, that's, that's also crazy. <laughs> well, that is Literally 10 years ago, now we're talking about the 2014 Wilson football season, just a few months removed from when we'd bring back the show in the summer of 2015. Uh, but Justin and I are actually not alone. It's not just the two of us. You know, in the uh, off season, we like to have guests on the program. And joining us this evening is someone that um, kind of was dropped uh, into our, our mind last summer, right before the season got started. It was actually something the players said that got our interest peaked uh, when we were doing our senior player interviews. They talked about someone that was coming in to, to um, work with their mental health. And I thought it was very interesting. Uh, sports psychology, it, any kind of uh, science discipline, Justin and I are very excited to learn more about. So when that was dropped, I actually stopped. I was like, hold on, you need to walk <laughs> me through this. This is brand new information. I immediately reached out to our guest here tonight. Couldn't get it, get, you know, get the schedules lined up to have her on the show at that time or during the season. But I met her finally in person a few weeks ago at a girls' basketball game, and I was like, this is perfect timing. Can you come on the show? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and here she is. So uh, Wilson, Southern Middle School counselor and sports yes. psychologist, Jess Kamoff. Hello, hello. Th thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So um, that was a long-winded intro for you, <laughs> but there was a lot of buildup. And I actually mentioned on this show during the season how we were excited mm -hmm. that we were hopeful that we could have you on the program because we thought it was so interesting, uh, you working with not just the Wilson football mm -hmm. team, but a variety of, uh, of athletes and, and programs. Yeah, and there, there's not a lot of things that the players will say that really stop us in our tracks. That was when when they mentioned it, we were like, like, wait, what? Well, like, it mostly not because it was like crazy to think about. No, it, it was just we so didn't far know off anything our radar. about it. Right, yeah, right. We didn't know it was happening. Right. Yeah. And we, we generally know a lot of what's going on, right. but that and, was not something that and we, we knew about. We know more or less. We we can kind of know what a lot of the answers we're gonna hear in those things. Cause you know, it's like, well, we focus on one game right. at a time. Coach, but, you coach. Know, like that kind of stuff, which is great. That's that's you know, and then we ask them about their, you know, they're all excited because they've played with these guys since, you know, Van Reed and Lincoln Park. You know, like it's a lot of that stuff. But yeah, like they dropped something that was off of our radar and we're like, we need to follow up. And yeah. I was excited because then I was like, wait, they're listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was great to have an email conversation with you then. We talked mm -hmm. about, you know, you wanted to know what was mentioned. And I said, you can listen to the show. You yep. can hear everything they said. And, and um, you know, it wasn't just, I think it was some, like it was either Nick Fiorini or Tommy Hunsiger brought it up, but everyone just immediately was like, yeah, like this is really important. We're really enjoying this. So that's what I was like, I, we need to talk to Jess because <laughs> right, right. um, th this is great. So I'm glad we finally got yes, it to work yes, out, you know, maybe you. six months later. But here <laughs> we are. And we have a bunch of questions and we'll get to know you a little mm -hmm. bit better. And you can tell us about everything that you do um, with uh, your, your counseling job, uh, your sports psychology, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then your work specifically with Wilson football. So awesome. um, Justin and I are going to quick run through a few things here before we do that. 
Uh, first off, we just want to thank our sponsors here at the Bulldog Hour. Primarily, um, up first is the presented by sponsor of May's Sandwich Shop. And my dad always thank him for supporting us since year one now, 10 years into that relationship. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much. Much longer much. relationship before that. <laughs> yes, really, really. <laughs> Can we use this to uh, write off my 70 cents from Friday? <laughs> yeah, Justin's in debt to the I, sandwich I shop am, right now. So. That is... The worst I'm possible. Pretty thing sure interest compounded daily as well. So <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but uh, May Sandwich Shop's not alone. We want to thank White Star Tours, MikeDragoSports.com, and of course our five anonymous donors for their support of the Bulldog Hour uh, for throughout 2023 and here into the beginning of 2024. Justin and I will be back again in about two months. Right now, it's penciled in to be Sunday, April 28th at 8.30, and we are working on getting another guest to join us for that show as well. Last thing we want to talk about in twenty for the 2023 season was a few of the All-Stars that were released after we did our last show, including uh, Berks County's Player of the Year and Wide Receiver of the Year, Tommy Hunsaker and Edison Case. And then I have the... All-Stars here listed on the screen. Our first-team all-conference, Tommy and Edison, were joined by Jack Dendel. Uh, Eddie, Eddie was actually a two-way first-team selection at wide receiver and defensive back. And then our second-teamers go to Logan Kurzweig, Christo Hunsaker, and Jack Dendel. So that was the BCIAA. Uh, there were also LL League honors put out. I did post those across uh, the social media. Hopefully you all have seen them. Uh, a lot of the same names uh, a lot of other people recognize as well because they the LL League did honorable mentions. So a lot of uh, Wilson football players were recognized for their 2023 seasons. You can find those across social media. Wanted to highlight the BCIA ones here uh, before we dive into the the next uh, topic. Justin, uh, some stadium updates coming oh, yeah, to yeah. Uh, Insta Shine Field. You threw me for a loop because <laughs> I had already shifted my gears to schedule. I'm like, no, okay, schedule, no, schedule. no, we will get to right, the schedule. Yeah, um, I saw you were already on top of it, tagging them in the I, uh, social media. That's post. right. You, well, you and know I me. Was not. I actually was not surprised at all because I'm like, he. Of course, he would be on top. Well, of it. it helps that we know Andy. We like Andy, uh, of course. And I'm going to start getting Andy to join the alumni flag football game, which is being organized right now, there coming up this there fall. I can't believe it's been five years since the last one. Uh, but Andy's not going to escape this time. Uh, we'll make sure he's involved in, in some way. Uh, but yeah, so uh, there are new sponsors in and around Wilson at the athletic facilities, including Gursky Stadium. Uh, Insta Shine Car Wash and Sinking Spring is sponsoring the name of the field, and signage is already up at the stadium for that. So it's Insta Shine, Insta Shine Field at Gursky Stadium. Uh, Utilities Employee Credit Union is sponsoring the Press Box. So it's the UECU Press Box. And also Reading Orthodontic Group and Bachman's Roofing Remodeling Solar is also now advertising uh, on the scoreboard. So uh, I know, Justin, that just I believe at the school board meeting on Monday, there was, uh, I guess, ratification of this or made known about what was going on. It's where I got some of this information as well. And I know there are a lot of talk about how to use this additional revenue stream. Uh, you know, there's talk about scoreboard renovations. Um, and before anyone groans, it would also help offset having to rent a giant blow-up board for graduation, which yeah. is a huge yeah, um, they price. they bring in those, like, ones off trailers. Right, those very expensive. not cheap. Right. Um, some of this money could, could, not approved yet, could go to uh, scoreboard changes. Um, there's also talk about reducing or, and maybe eventually even eliminating the perf- or activity fee. Right. Yeah. So all things that would come back to help the, the students and families in the district as a result of these, uh, sponsorship and advertising opportunities, wow. uh, with InstaShine, UECU, Bachman's and ROG, Reading Orthodontic Group. And actually I have a mock-up from... Here we go. Let's get that up there. So um, that's what I've, I don't think that's up yet. Is it? Do you know? I haven't seen. Okay. I haven't looked. Uh, but if you're watching this live, you can see uh, the mock-up for the, the Bachman solicitation of what the advertising underneath the scoreboard would look like. Pretty standard if you've ever been at any other place that has right. advertising. Most, a lot of places who have it, have it like, we'll try and get it the whole way around. Like mm-hmm. they're going to try and like, I think of like a diner menu. You know, like the placemat, <laughs> yeah, you know, like exactly, how it yep. everything. Yeah, or at golf places. Yep, yep. Okay. So uh, that was one thing we wanted to point out. I know um, that that broke after our last show, but 
um, it is somewhat older news, but we haven't gotten to talk right. about it yet, so we won't put it out there. But it's nice. The big one is the Insta Shine one, right. um, but it, it's so nice because it's well, it's the Wilson football in, alumni. Right, it's in the Wilson football yeah, family. It, yeah. So that one, that one feels. I know uh, a number of better. players work there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Current players are are on staff at InstaShine. So, all right. And the next thing I just mentioned, the alumni football game. This is the 80th season of Wilson football coming up in 2024. And we're going to be celebrating that with another Wilson football alumni flag football game. Date is TBD. We should be finalizing that in about 10 days or so at the next meeting of the Wilson football tradition club. If you are interested in playing in that alumni flag football game, you need to have graduated with the class of 2020 or earlier. Anyone from the class of 1946 through, (laughs) through class of 2020 is eligible. Um, uh, We had uh, some, uh, elder statesman play with us five years ago it was That's pretty awesome. awesome. Um, not all the way back to the class of 46, uh, but we did at the time. Unfortunately, they have both since passed away, but we had um, Mr. Lippincott was an honorary uh, captain and helped flip the coin with Bobby Mitzel, who Mr. Lippincott was responsible for the first touchdown in Wilson football history. Oh, wow. And Bobby Mitzel was on the first um, team that won a league championship in Wilson football history. Um, but we, we have unfortunately lost both of them since the flag football game in 2019. Um, but anyone that is a, a football alumni interested in playing, uh, you reach out. I'll have more information coming out on that soon enough. So um, let's, um, I know everyone's interested in the schedule, but I would like to get into discussing topics with our guests. So we will save the schedule for the end. We'll talk about that a lot. Um, right? and we'll be covering it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I do have a lot of info on it, but I would like to get to our guests and talk about, um, sports psychology and Wilson football. But first off, Jess, let's just get kind of, uh, an inter- introductory stuff down. Um, just give us kind of your, your, your background, your history, um, How did you get started? Sure, absolutely. Um, My origin story is kind of interesting because I, when I was in high school, I thought that, you know, any type of, I hadn't really heard about sports psychology, but I felt like as an athlete, you know, you're taught to be tough. And, you know, you're not taught to, you know, talk about your feelings or how you think about your sport. You know, it's all just, you know, going to the weight room or working hard. Uh, it's all the tough aspect. So I, I'm from York County. Uh, I was a three-sport, four-sport. I didn't play softball very well, but four-sport <laughs> athlete, uh, field hockey, basketball, and track. And I I loved basketball. Absolutely loved basketball. Uh, it was my number one sport. I signed my name, first woman in the NBA. I, I loved it. And I was basically a street ball player. Like, I, I played really out of control. I fouled out of almost every game that <laughs> I played in. And so I, I really misunderstood what, you know, kind of being aggressive and being passionate about your sport is. And um, so I, I was, you know, I felt a lot of pressure play as a basketball player. And, and I just don't felt, feel like I ever reached my potential. And, and a lot had to do with the mental side. I was lucky that I was um, able to play uh, or be, be decent at another sport, so I did track. Uh, I was able to go to Penn State, and I was a javelin thrower there. And because track to me was just something fun to do, you know, it was co-ed sport. It was kind of laid back. I could throw a stick far. <laughs> like there wasn't a lot of pressure. <laughs> and so uh, because I was able to do that, you know, getting to go to Penn State, but it, it added a whole different world of pressure then, you know, because it was like, okay, division one sport. Um, and when I got there, I remember my first meet down at UNC and I, I completely choked the woman who had thrown right before me. Just, I mean, had this unbelievable throw and mine was terrible. And my coach came to me and she's like, listen, like, you got to figure this out. Like, you know, this, this, you know, whole part. She's like, I think a lot has to do with your mental part because you're prepared physically. You're prepared in the sport. And she's like, I want you to talk to our sports psychologist. And I was like, absolutely never. Like, <laughs> I was like, I am not meditating under a tree. I'm not talking about it. That's, you know, I, I think I, I, I'm using a quote of my father. When I told him I was going into counseling, he was like, oh, that touchy-feely stuff. And that's and that's what I thought it was at first. I really thought, you know, it was just kind of the opposite of what we're taught as athletes. And it was it was the total opposite experience. It was learning how to um, be aware of, of how you're feeling, how you're thinking, what you're thinking about, um, how you're navigating then those situations. You know, how do you navigate a high-pressure situation? How do you cope 
with, you know, terrible weather. How do you how do you manage and deal with all those things so that way you can physically do the job that you've trained to do? And so I met Dr. Eucleson up there at Penn State and, and we worked together and and I fell in love with the whole field. Um, I took every class I possibly could. Um, at the time, there were not a ton of full-time sports psychologists. There weren't a full-time, you know, mental training is still, you know, a really growing field. It's it's becoming more popular, um, but it, it changed my whole aspect or my whole um, uh, thought process about sports and what mental training does. And it opened up a whole world to me of what benefits that it can can do for you. And and so Dr. Eucleson really taught me that, you know, the hours and hours that we spend in the weight room and training and on our skills and our playbooks and everything else that we're working on, it, if you can't connect mentally and be able to pull out those skills at the right time when, it, you know, when they're needed, you know, that's, that's the whole piece that has to be connected. And so um, because there were not a lot of jobs at the time in sports psychology and I wasn't going to go live in my parents' basement, <laughs> I, uh, I, I went a little different of an avenue and I, I went into school counseling, um, which, which I love cause I still got to work with kids. I get to coach, um, which is a, which is a big passion of mine. But, um, in the past few years, I, I really reconnected with, with being able to do this, you know, mental training. So I, um, I started the, my process to become a certified mental performance consultant, which I just completed this past November. Yay, no more studying. <laughs> um, but, you know, Drew Kaufman and, and the entire Wilson Athletic Department have just been phenomenal because I, I'd gotten a lot of my experience hours through being able to work with teams, doing team talks at Wilson, being able to work with individual athletes. Um, I have my I have, uh, private clients that I see. Um, through my business. And it's just, it's, it's phenomenal because I, I love being able to work with different athletes um, in different sports. And um, you know, I was lucky enough that Jeremy Palm had reached out this past spring to see if I would be willing to work with the football team. And it was a resounding yes. Uh, so I had the um, Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. slot. So I, I really, knowing, you know, uh, high school boys made sure that I, I had a good sprinkling of um, you know, some discussion, but then also some hands-on. Mm -hmm. So we, I tried to come up with a lot of different activities and, and getting them to, to move around and not just lecture at them, but um, really was an incredible experience. And I really loved, you know, being able to bring that, that mental side, you know, because I think a lot of athletes know that it's there, but it's, it's then how do you engage with that? How do you learn more about those tools and strategies that, that you need as an athlete? Well, and then, like you said, like having those, but then being exposed to it and then maybe having a chance to, to practice and act on that and then mm -hmm. to see results on that. And then, you know, it, it's a lot like those physical things that they practice all the time mm -hmm. that sometimes it's maybe a little more obvious when you're having like gains in the weight room or, or whatever. But, you know, you can see like when it clicks, like, oh, yeah. man, like, I don't know. Yeah, I kept my composure. I was able to like focus on the things I needed mm -hmm. to focus on, not get overwhelmed or whatever. It can start to build confidence in those areas mm -hmm. as well. Where were you at before Wilson? I was at Fleetwood for Fleetwood. for nine okay. years. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fleetwood at nine years. Now you've been at Wilson. You just mentioned uh, certified mental performance consultant. Mm -hmm. uh, congratulations. Thank That's you. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, and you mentioned your the licensed professional counselor yes. with Wilson. Your work at Southern Middle School. Yes. Um, I'm a school counselor there. I have students with the last names letters A through L. I love when I say that, and they're like, "Wait, which which yeah, letter? Am I? Where, where, where am I?" Well, we mentioned beforehand. Unfortunately, you won't be seeing our, our children at Southern. Uh, M, M and R just doesn't fit in with you, but uh, um, you, you mentioned your partner, your your, uh, your coworker. Yes, Beth Kelly is wonderful. So. Yes, <laughs> good, good. <laughs> All right. So um, with your um, your your private consulting business, uh, you have worked obviously with Wilson Football. You mentioned mm -hmm. Coach Palm uh, got you connected with the team there. Uh, what other sports have you worked with at Wilson so far? Um, I've done, I've worked with field hockey. I've worked with, uh, women's basketball. I have an in there. My husband's one of the assistant coaches, um, uh, the rifle team. That was probably the, my most interesting one okay. that I, cause I, I even, and that's the cool part about it because even if there's a sport that if I hadn't um, known as much about, um, it's, it's really cool. Cause then I can dive in and, and get to get a real sense of, cause there's, there's a lot of 
similarities as athletes in every sport, you know, the, the nerves, you know, how do you cope with stress? How do you cope with, um, you know, any, you know, when you don't do well, when you make an error, but then when you get to learn some of the nuances of, of those sports, you know, it just makes it even more, more interesting. Uh, tennis, uh, uh, men's and women's tennis, um, and, and then obviously football now. So, and track, I mean, my kids are, I, I coach track at the you high school, track, so yeah, yeah. they just get it no matter whether they want to or not. Cause they, <laughs> they're with right. me all the time. <laughs> That's awesome though. It's great to see again, it's, you know, they have that connection within the district, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it shows that coaches are valuing it. And mm-hmm. then, and we said, you know, you see the players speak positively about it and it, it kind of can snowball then, you know, especially yes. when you see, you know, we talk to some of the seniors, you see some of the kids who are going to be the leaders on the team mm-hmm. when they buy in, you know, then you can start to get buy in too. And in, in this case, you know, whereas coaches, that also helps too. Cause we know like yes. sometimes the teams have things that are mandated, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. the kids go through it and coaches go through it cause yep. they've got to go through it. But like when, when you have buy-in, when you have coaches doing things, giving up practice time or That's training the time biggest part. to do yes. these things, like mm-hmm. that gets the kids attention. Cause they're like, well, yeah, I, I think once you have coach and players buy into this aspect of your game is just as important as the, you know, the, the physical strength portion, mm-hmm. the, the portion that people see or the, um, you know, field agility or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's multiple phases. And as long as you're going to dedicate time to all of them, you'll be a better person for it. So mm-hmm. that is probably the biggest hurdle I feel like over the last, uh, well, forever, but I feel like the hurdle has gotten smaller over the last sure. decade or so sure. uh, f- as more people become more aware about how important m- mental health is for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. So you, you mentioned uh, that Coach Palm was the one that reached mm-hmm. out to you for football. Yes. Uh, and I know you you have an in with the girls basketball yeah. team. <laughs> have, has it always been coaches reaching out to you say hey we would like to work with you have you ever had students come and say hey we'd like to work with you on an individual basis yes um a lot of the the athletes who have come you know who um that i work with after like they'll they'll message me after a team talk so i i you know we'll talk to a team um try to just give some general ideas sometimes a coach will then share with me because i i drew would have me come to the coaches meetings every season okay and so that's how i i got to you know get in front of a several of our teams and, um, but it, it always would happen that, that somebody would message me, you know, Hey, I have this question, or you mentioned this thing and I struggle with that. And that's something that I, I think a lot of athletes, you know, and, and a hundred percent of my clients that I work with individually, they all came or at least started to come when they felt that they had a problem. And so a lot of athletes are not coming, you know, when things are going well. And that's why I loved when coach Palm came to me because, you know, I worked with them in the preseason so things weren't going wrong. You know, it was a good time to try out some of these things in the preseason that they felt more comfortable with. Um, because, you know, I, it always happens in some post, you know, in the postseason, I'll get a parent be like, they have a championship game tomorrow. Can you help them? And I'm like, that's, that's this not is not how, how it works. works. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if, if it can be something that, you know, an athlete and, and it, when you have an issue or you are struggling you know, finding out those tools and strategies to help. But then how do we grow that? How do we get better at that? I mean, Tom Brady, I mean, he, he talked, and it's interesting to me that it's not, you know, it was never really publicized a ton. Like Russell Wilson was like that. He had always had, a, mm-hmm. like, I mean, he lived with his mental trainer right. yep. um, up until his passing, unfortunately. But then, um, you know, Tom Brady, they don't really talk about it that much, but he, he says like, if he hadn't talked to the sports psychologist in college, he doesn't think that he would have done some of those things, you know, some of those little um, tools and strategies and, and tweaks that he had been doing well, but that helped him take it, you know, take his sport to the next step. Well, and a lot like we see with any of like the training things or all of that stuff, like there is that trickle down effect. Like you think like, oh yeah, I had heard of sports psychology mm-hmm. and like the field, but that has become... In my opinion, for like professional sports, that's become pretty mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a big component of all of that stuff now. And I feel like even in college athletics, especially major college athletics, mm-hmm. again, it's kind of like I don't want to say second nature, but it, it, it's there. Well, it's just and, another and another it, performance. It would be great, would right. be great to see now. that. Right? It would be great to mm-hmm. see that. Like we t- there are negative things that trickle down. It's sure. great when positive things right. trickle down. Um, is there, do you see like a, a big cross 
over or like maybe some similarities between um some of like the pressures that kids have in school, like maybe kids in performance with school or expectations in school and that you deal with like kind of in, in that perspective. And then also outside, maybe not even the same kids. It can be the same kids, but like, is there a lot, a big crossover there? Yes. And, and I'm so glad you brought that up and mentioned that because, and, and I'll, I'll talk about the field with, with certified parental performance consultants. They are, now becoming um, more prevalent in businesses and uh, surgeons, you know, CEOs of companies are starting because it's it's not just sport, it's it's performance. Right. And so it's academic performance. It's, um, and, and a lot of, when, when I work with um, an, an athlete individually, we always talk about how, where else can you apply this? You know, if we're talking about neutral thinking, can you apply that before a test or a quiz? Can you apply that before a difficult social situation? And we, because we, the more that they can apply it to other areas, you know, which, you know, again, academics can be highly stressful. Um, you know, it, it just helps them. Well, I studied for all these hours. Now, how can I mentally, um, you know, calm my mind, calm my worries? A lot of a lot of athletes, you know, and you know, in performance in general is a lot of just navigating anxiety, anxiety, uh, navigating worry. How am I going to perform? It, you know, what am I going to do if I make a mistake or an error or if I have, you know, I, I forget some of the information. And so how do you push through that so that way your best performance can can be you know put forth? So I have uh, I've been showing some of the pictures that you posted from sessions oh, with, yeah. with Wilson. But there are three of them up here from uh, Wilson football, one with baseball in a in a, in a classroom setting. But you, you mentioned with football, you were coming in in, in the morning, which mm-hmm. I know the football team is very much used to coming in in the morning. Mm-hmm. I know Coach Palm and Coach Henny have their quarterback session. They did that when I was playing. <laughs> well, not not them. Well, Chad did, but not in a coaching uh, uh, way. He was there with uh, Coach Coach Catafio and the quarterbacks working out early in the morning. So I don't. Hopefully, that wasn't a big impact for them for for you to say, "Hey, come in at seven thirty. I think a lot of them were probably used to that. But you, you mentioned that it wasn't just um, you know lecturing, speaking. Yep. It, it was involved. Uh, movement. Can you just mm-hmm. give us a little bit more information on, on how you incorporated your sessions with uh, activity? Absolutely. So I, I think my favorite, just because they, you know, <laughs> how they responded to it, was we were working on focus. And so do we have too broad of a focus? You know, are we focused on all the players of the other team? Are we focused on who's in the stands? Are we focused on, um, you know, uh, you know, overanalyzing what, how we're performing? Are we too narrow focused? Are we so focused on, on our performance that is taking us away from remembering our plays and, and you know our positioning where we need to be. Um, are we so focused on the other opponent, like who you know who we know we're up against that day? So we were talking about different zones of focus, and I gave all of the guys a a card with an animal on it, an animal, um, just just a one word, and they had to then go around and, and make that noise of that animal. So they were <laughs> oinking and they were cacawing and they were making all the funny animal noises to find each other. And then to like, they were all spread out in the gym and they had to, I mean, it was so funny to watch, but it was a cool um, kind of experiment of them being able, well, how do I just focus on this one person? How do I focus, you know, tune out everybody else? And so we just, you know, kind of drew it back into what are the things that they're focused on and, and um, how to cue when they're focused on the wrong things. So the big part about mental, mental uh, performance and training is really noticing like that's my first session with every athlete is like what do you notice like what do you notice the night before a a stressful game or a game you're nervous about what do you notice when you're packing your bag and getting your gear together what do you notice during the day in school before you know you have a game that night and and because a lot of times you know kids are so going through you know their their routine and they don't really think about that and some they don't realize like how much energy they're they're focused or focused on the wrong things focused on negativity focused on what their worries are Um, but within that, then it's okay. So now if I'm focused on the wrong things, how do I cue myself to focus on what I need to, what makes me feel better? What are the things that, um, you know, I can use to my advantage, you know, focusing on the facts. I get kids to focus on the facts all the time. Well, I've been 
practicing, you know, double sessions all summer. I've been in the weight room more this year than ever. You know, I've, I've improved, I've, I've grown. Okay. So focus on those things. And then that's where, you know, mentally you're going to gain your growth and your power from. So that way you can use that, those, um, you know, the strategies and, and positive feelings, because a lot of times, you know, when athletes are, are, you know, worried, they're thinking about making mistakes or errors, and then they're, they're not able to perform the way that they've been training. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked to you worked at Wilson. You've worked with Schuylkill Valley. Um, I saw you worked with, um, uh, was it Westchester Rust? Was it with Rustin? Yes. Yes. Um, Berg's Catholic, yep. Muhlenberg mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Albright college as yes. well. I saw um, yes. on your sessions posted on your, your Facebook page for, um, uh, cam is it cam off sports consulting? Yes. Okay. yes. Yep. Um, so you've worked with a lot of teams and student athletes. Have mm-hmm. you ever, been approached by a coach for a coaching staff or is it generally more student-based it's more student-based um there's a a girls volleyball team in in york county right now that that it's more for the coaching staff and the parents um it's their youth organization i've more kind of like an aau okay um but they've asked me to um to work with the 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 parents because they they yeah uh, yeah, no please please no that's that's such a big thing because that that relationship between coach parent athlete Mm -hmm. is huge especially at the high school level and obviously lower but like high school level so like you know i this popped in my head when you were talking about like focusing and Mm -hmm. i was thinking yeah if i'm in the stands while they're trying to do that Mm -hmm. and i'm making my own noises that's you know how do they focus on the things that need they need to focus on because doesn't matter what I'm doing over right. there. You know, like <laughs> right. that was the example that pops in my head when you're doing that. Yeah. And the the flip side of that is I've I coached with someone once who always said this, like and he'd remind the coaches sometimes before we would be having difficult parent like meetings right. would be remember this parent is doing this because they love their kid mm-hmm. and they think they're doing what's best for their kid. Mm-hmm. You know, like so let's keep that in perspective when we have this conversation, you know, and I, I always thought that was great. Cause I was, this, I was young and like, I wouldn't, I'm not confrontational. So I would just sit right. there as an assistant coach. You just get to sit there most of the time right. in those meetings. But like, I, you know, it's one of those where you're like, okay, that perspective was always good for me because like, sometimes you just, you, as the coach, you might feel like you're getting attacked or like, they're, right. no, they're, doing what they think is best for their kid. Right. You know? Right. And parents oftentimes are doing it because they think it's what's best for a kid. And so sometimes if we can get awareness of the situations, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you said, focusing on the things that we need to focus on or that, that noticing piece, I laugh because again, as a high school teacher, we, (laughs) and I'm sure in the middle school and (laughs) as a parent, we talk about how unself-aware kids are. And then I look, I, I throw this around a lot though. I'm like, yeah, I know a lot of people, including myself, that are can can be fairly lacking in that area mm-hmm. at times as well. And well, so we tell them what know. to do. You know, right. ki- kids and, and I, right. you know, uh, you know, it's as teachers, we tell them what to do. Right. As parents, we tell them what to do. As coaches, we tell them what to do. And so a lot of times, you know, when they get to their, their sport or school or, you know, all of those things, it's, it's how engaged are they with what, I mean, I even struggled with that after, after I was done with training because my whole life I was told how to work out. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I remember being like 22 and I'm like, well, so now what? what do I do now? Like, you know, I just go to the gym. Where's and- my guidance? <laughs> right. right. And it's, and it's so, it, it's, um, you know, we talk about intention with that and having, you know, how, what's your intention today? And, and I don't think it takes away from the fun of, of sport. Um, I, I think it does the opposite because if you're starting, if you're more engaged and you see more of your value in your practices and, and, you know, what you're actually spending these hours doing, then you're going to see more growth. You know, you're going to see improvement in yourself. Uh, and, and it's really setting those goals that are not just outcome based. It's not just, did you, you know, Oh my gosh. You know, the first question you ask any athlete, did you win? (laughs) You know, even as, as youth athletes and we, I feel like that question and yes, winning and losing matters. I understand that. But especially for our youth athletes, when they're learning skills, when they're learning how to play, when they're learning how to compete, you know, you could play your best game and still lose. You could play terrible and still win. 
And so I think that that really, you know, that mind shift of of your own intention, your own goals on your process, you know, well, I'm I'm going to make sure that I, I get all my plays today. You know, that's my focus and I'm going to be in the right spot because that's the way that you're going to be able to focus um, and contribute as a, you know, to your team in that, in that situation. And so I'm hoping, you know, by helping athletes shift some of that focus and and shift where their intention is, they're going to have quality practices and they're going to have a a better, um, you know, experience of their game. It's not just, you know, the win or the lose. Yeah. That's fascinating to me because I, I've said this to him a million times. Like I didn't really grasp that well until I was like coaching. Like coaching helped change my perspective yeah. of we may play our best and lose. As when I was an athlete, I did not handle that part well. Right. You know, like I, 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 I didn't have that perspective, and I, I can still struggle with it in my fandom. But like, <laughs> sure. but don't but, ever watch our other show. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, that that's where that's where it came. Where I was like, I don't know what she, if she knows what she's getting us into. Um, but like, yeah, like I feel like I've, and some of that's just getting older, and you know, sure. and then you coach, and then as you're a parent, and yeah. like you, you just get different perspective on things. Right. But yeah, like athlete me struggled with that, and mm-hmm. and I wasn't you know a premier high school athlete by any stretch. So like, but being able to give these lessons to youth and to high school kids is right. so beneficial right. because like you said, we, we talk all the time about the things they learn in sports help them in so many fields. That's yeah. why it's so important. Right. And like for many of us, why we're so involved with those things as the true extracurricular things, right. because it does teach them those lessons. And this is the same. It teaches them those lessons that they can apply here and everywhere for the rest of their lives, right, you know? Right. That's the goal. I want to focus now mostly on your work with the football team. Sure. Um, were, when you were approached by Coach Palm and you came in for the first session, did you feel that the, uh, the, the students were receptive to what you were trying to do? Did, did they seem focused and open to it? Or, you know, was it something they're like, oh, it's just another thing they want us to do? Like, what were their attitudes towards you? I think, I mean, it was very beneficial that I had a lot of them as students at, sure. at Southern. So I think, you know, and, and them knowing that I'm, I'm around sports and, you know, I'm, I'm a coach, you know, some of them are on my <laughs> track team. Um, and it's really, that, that was a big benefit. And it, it's like everything, you know, you have kids who are super engaged and, and super focused and then other kids who kind of were in the middle. And I, I felt um, when we, the season progressed, or, you know, summer progressed, and uh, especially when I got to meet with them in, in smaller, you know, groupings, I felt like that's when the, the magic happened, you know, because then they could speak, you know, to some of their own personal things. Because again, I, I would always try to come up with topics, you know, neutral thinking, becoming 1% better, um, you know, how to how to cope and manage with stressful situations. But, you know, that's something that I think all athletes, you know, work on. But when they could ask specific questions and when they could engage for them personally, that's really when I I felt like the most, you know, the the most positive experience came out of, you know, our work together, for sure. I I know you worked with them throughout the summer. Mm -hmm. Did that linger into the fall at all? Did you have any contact with them throughout the season? Uh, We did, uh, I think, two or three sessions once the school year started, and then I, you know, just like we always talk about, you know, the time management of everything. You know, it it got very difficult. My my own kids, (laughs) you know, both of my boys played football um, this year, so. Um, but yeah, we were just the beginning of the season, and then you know, a couple times throughout when when Jeremy had asked me to to follow up. Uh, and were you able to, or were you asked, or to follow up with them uh, in the postseason or after the season was over? Was there like a finalization to the twenty twenty three season with you? Is that something that was approached? We actually didn't, and and that's that's a great idea, you know, because this was our first year doing it, yeah. and um, you know, it definitely came away with a lot of ideas, you know, for for future you know teamwork and and uh, you know, that's definitely definitely a great idea, yeah. And are will you be working with the 2024 team? Do you think? I don't that know, the, Coach Palm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Like I know he came to you at well end of last spring to talk about spring, yeah, summer yeah, stuff. Yeah. I didn't know if that was something that um, 
you had talked about if that was going to continue um, and be a you know just another part of the routine that com- right. that comes about. Um, are you working with anyone right now at Wilson? Um, I have a bunch of individual clients. Um, and I know um, and and talks with a couple teams in the spring in my track kids. <laughs> Uh, why do you think for um, the student athletes in high school, um, the sports performance, sports psychology is, is so important for them right now? I think because, you know, we know that, that growing up now is different, you know, and we know it's harder with social media, with the expectations, with uh, pressures. And I, I think all of the things that they can learn through, you know, becoming aware of themselves and what they're thinking, what they're feeling, how to manage those things, um, how to cope when things don't go our way, how to cope with failure, uh, how to cope with loss, you know, losses. Um, you know, it's just such a life skill that if they can can start to feel comfortable with these things, if they can become habits, um, and if they can can feel comfortable when before things get even more stressful, you know, before those things in college, you know, disappointments in college or, you know, rejection of a job, a big breakup, you know, those sorts of things that I know we're talking about sports, but they're all parts of, of just, you know, feeling good about yourself and, and your, your self-confidence and, and your self-worth, self-value. And I just feel like that's so important for kids, you know, especially now with our, you know, social media age and, and, um, you know, some of the distorted views of social media. Um, but if they can learn some of those things now, I just think it's so important for them moving forward. Do you have anything else, Wilson, specific that you wanted to ask? I, I have another question or two, but it's not specific to, to Wilson. So, um, not, not off the top of my head. If one pops up though, I'll circle back. <laughs> okay. <there>. Okay. <laughs> uh, I want to take a step back cause I missed one when I, when we did your intro, I just wanted to ask you, you talked about how you were an athlete at, at Penn state mm-hmm. and how you kind of got shifted in this direction, mm-hmm. um, becoming a counselor, but focusing on, so you're really interested in the sports psychology aspect of it. Uh, you mentioned the coach that helped you kind of like have that epiphany. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about, uh, now that you've been, you know, you're established in your, your career field, are there any professional influences you have other people that have helped guide you on this path, mm. uh, mentors, anyone, um, you know, even in not necessarily someone that you've actually worked with, but someone you, you've read in, in books I should read. Yes, <laughs> I'll yes, give you the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my absolute favorite, and please, anybody who's listening, if you're involved with sports, Ken Revisa. He is unbelievable. Um, he unfortunately passed away several years ago, but he um, heads up baseball, heads up baseball uh, 2.0 uh, or his books. And he just anything you can find of his on YouTube. Um, he just has such a laid back, cool, you know, perspective. His baseball was his, his main thing, but, um, he, he did a lot of work with the Cubs when the year that they won the world series. Um, but it just, he's such an interesting influence and, and just a feel good kind of guy. Like you just want to, I was like, I want to play baseball <laughs> like after I read his book and, and see any of his videos. Um, uh, Cintra Campoff, she's, um, you know, very big in, in our, you know, sports psychology world right now. Um, and uh, she's, she's worked with a lot of um, Olympic athletes, which is, you know, always, I have such a big interest in the Olympics um, because, you know, professional athletes get paid. You know, I've, I've now known several, you know, people on the Olympic hopeful path who they're driving Uber, they're working at right. Dick Sportings, yeah. they're working at Starbucks, you know, and, and they don't have, you know, they're still doing all that hard work for the love of the game. And that's what's so cool to me about, you know, our, our Olympians, my little side plug. This being an Olympic year too, well, I, I get excited. And the biggest question I have for you. There, Justin is, knows, there is a right answer. Justin knows where there is a right answer. I, I know what it's going to be. Winter or summer? Oh, shoot. Okay. So, oh, shoot. <laughs> so I was at the we're Summer oppo- Olympics opposite, in, so. uh, in Atlanta in 1996. You were. I was, oh, yes, awesome. yes. Um, and But I trained for a skeleton ah. for oh, a little man. bit of time. So. She's on Team Winter. <laughs> team Winter. Yeah. Oh. I have love for both. I do have love for both. No, I, I, I'm like, oh, Javelin, I've got this locked up. <laughs> and and I, I agree. 
It's a great question. I love the Summer Olympics too. And yeah. actually, better. Uh, when I, I lived in Indiana with my, my wife, which she was getting her uh, graduate degree at Purdue, and I, went, I was out there working uh, at a, a, the climate office on campus and other jobs while she was learning. And that was in 2008 when the Beijing Olympics happened. But the two of us are out there with, like not knowing anyone else. So we watched every single minute of the <laughs> Beijing Olympics. Now, of course, it, it helped that uh, Phelps was, you know, yeah. in all those races and trying to break records and everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And she loves the Summer Olympics. That is her, her jam. When the Winter Olympics come around, she's just like, man. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. Like I, Because I, I love ice hockey. Ice hockey's my oh, thing. But, oh, but, my husband just watched Miracle again. Yeah, yeah, again. I just, yeah, I just watched Miracle again. Uh, it's, I, it's the best. You, you may have buried the lead here, though. You, you trained for a skeleton? Yeah, yeah, like, I, I feel like that's not and like that a detail any, just that was only over. brought back in the last like 12 years or whatever oh that had gosh. been banned it's, for a while. Yeah, it was it was crazy. So, it was yeah, crazy. Let's, wild. Yeah, he's right. We did kind of push that under. Well, I was just so excited that someone actually agreed. Yeah, because you knew when winner. she dropped that, you were yeah. winning. Right, when she was like, well, I went to Atlanta in 96, but I knew that I had it. So, And she yeah. also gets a glimpse at how competitive we actually are. <laughs> Yeah, so you trained for skeleton? I I did. um, And the crazy part was that I trained for two years before I actually even did it. And so, because you had a a combine. I was uh, 20, I think 27, 28. And um, you had a combine. It was my husband and I went to Lake Placid for vacation. And we we went on. I was like looking for different things to do. And it said, Did you ever want to be an Olympian? And I was like, Yes, yes, absolutely. Like my whole life. And uh, so I randomly filled out this questionnaire. I put in, I had to do a 40 time, a bench, uh, you know, a couple random things. And then they invited me up in the summer for a, a, com- a summer combine. So I got to d- run the track. I got to live at the Olympic Training Center for awesome. uh, for a week, for just for a week. But still, it was like the coolest experience. Even the toilet paper rolls had, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the rings the on. Olympic yeah. rings. Wow. And, uh, but I got to train on the summer track. I, I got to meet Olympians. Like they were there le- legit living yeah. and training. And um, Alana Myers, she's, you know, still, still competing now and uh, has two kids, which is, you know, she's just like <laughs> mom goals um, for bobsled. And, um, but then I, I got invited to come back in the in the winter, and 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 do it. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, I went uh, seventy miles an hour, head first. Uh, they did not tell me my first time going the whole mile track that the guy in front of me had uh, broken his he'd hit his face and broke his nose, and so there was blood. Like I'm up on the side <laughs> of the. I'm up on the side of the bank, and I do see this red streak, and I was, oh what my was gosh! That? So thank goodness nobody told me, so we got to the bottom. So, so yeah. we could do an entire show <laughs> talking about you I'll training. Be back. For, I'll be back. Yeah, I mean that, that honestly, that'd be perfect for our other show. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, that is. That is bonkers. Listen, um, you guys know when you're when you're an athlete or you love sports, like it doesn't die, yeah, it doesn't well, end. So <laughs> it just morphs, it changes. F- when you had to fill out that like questionnaire, was that one? Of, were they looking for former like collegiate athletes, and it didn't have to obviously be related to ice and and going downhill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, a lot like, of they wanted sprinters or you know uh, track track and field people. Or... They had no prereq. No prereq. <laughs> no prereq. But I think saying that I did track helped. Right, right, helped you know, yeah. a lot of track athletes. I mean, we've had you know some yeah, people oh, who do sure. summer and then do. Yeah. Um, right. It's almost like for something like that, they're like, let's see your like ability to to yeah. train and all this stuff. Yeah. We'll teach you the skills that we right, want right, to teach you. Right. Yeah. Well, it's wow. like like the Jamaican bobsled team. Right? Exactly. Like the Disney right. movie. I was just thinking, I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, Austin's never seen cool runnings. I was like, we've got to watch this. <gasps> okay. Add it next week. Yeah. Right, right after Miracle. <laughs> right. Exactly. Dom's usually shows it as the, uh, he builds up on the Jamaica trip. He'll build up this uh, documentary he has for the kids. Oh my God. <laughs> like Jamaican documentary. And then he shows it the one night. <laughs> Oh man, that well, yeah, that, that okay. You blew my mind there. Yeah, but like I, I was, I, I, I kind of blew right past because I was so excited to find someone that also <laughs> enjoys the Winter Olympics like I do. But that's crazy. So, did you ever have any like close calls? Did you have any like, oh boy, that was, or did you, did it go bad ever? I, no, I, I mean, I, I, they start you off on a quarter mile, and and I remember calling my husband that night, and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I, the G force on your head and your neck is like unbelievable, 
And he was like, listen, you trained this whole time. You got to do it. <laughs> so, um, but no, it was, it was very cool. It was a very cool experience, but it was, it was at a point where, you know, unless I was ready, willing to change my entire life, you right. know, like travel and, you yeah. know, for I was like, chance. for a chance, a right. hundred. Right. And I think that was, you know, I got to see and meet a lot of those people who really did give up everything and then right. not get to go. You know, um, there's, there's a, a woman actually local, she's, she's in Denver and she's now tried for, for three, I think, and has been like the fourth person to and didn't go and she only take three um it depends on qualification so yeah it's it's typically like two or three kind of uh, and it's a whole you know point system and and everything and trials and stuff but yeah well i mean i think that's a great place to end uh, (laughs) um we got a few minutes left in there i want to jump to the schedule because i know Mm -hmm. people want to hear about that but um that was fascinating both uh, your the little personal life tidbit there at the end (laughs) didn't didn't think that's where that was going um but uh excellent discussion on uh on your career and and mental health and sports psychology um if people want to hear more from you where can they find you online absolutely so uh facebook i'm I'm a google um which is exciting i always get excited (laughs) if you put in you know sports psychology um close to me my name will come up but jess kamoff uh facebook page um i'm on the wilson email too and i can just share my you can share my personal email oh yeah as long as you're okay a hundred (laughs) percent uh, J Kamoff, so J C A M M A U F at gmail dot com. I never had to spell my name till I got married. So, <laughs> so well, we appreciate you. you joining us. Thank you for um, having me. I was very excited to come. And um, you know, we're always looking to have uh, to have guests on both shows. I mean, now that we yeah. know we've got an Olympic aspect, <laughs> we could certainly have you come up on the, on the other show that we do um, outside of a uh, high school football season. Um, We'll have to keep that one in the back pocket for when oh Winter Olympics oh, come up again yeah. in the future. Yeah, but like you said, we got summer this year. So, um, yeah, so definitely uh, check out uh, Jess's um, – I know you have the Facebook page. You have a website, yep. though, too, yes. right, yep. the, to go over the sports uh, consult, the sports psychology, the consulting. Yep. Um, so check that out. And uh, if you are a coach, reach out to her. Please. If it's something that you've never tried before, uh, definitely uh, recommend – talking to Jess and uh, see what she can do to help your program uh, and help your student athletes. Thank you. Thank you. So, all right, Justin, we got a few minutes here at the end. I do want to quick go to the schedule stuff because that was kind of something that, like you said before the show was just finalized a few days ago. So let's, yeah, that never happens with our show. These things always happen a few days after the show. Right. Yeah. Or months before. And then we forget to talk about it, but um, (laughs) no, the 2024 schedule was just finalized um, like Wednesday this week. And I did get confirmation that everything that's posted is correct. I didn't want to put anything out there that was wrong. So yes, Wilson does only have four home games this year. We will be on the road six times. Of course, last year are because we, we're away for the scrimmage this year too, aren't we? Yes, at Coach. <sighs> so uh, we got a lot. That's of a bus beautiful trips. field, though. Oh That's yeah, a beautiful yeah, yeah, field. Yes, yes. <laughs> Justin and I got a lot of road trips this year coming up. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to remember my sunscreen for that one. <laughs> That's wrong. Yeah, that was brutal two years ago. So last year we actually ended up having six home, four away. Now that was because of the, the heat issues with Martin Luther King. The Philly public schools canceled oh, right. and our replacement yeah. was Cheltenham and they came to us. That was supposed to be a road game. So last year we were six and four. This year we're four and six trying to find a game for, for the third week of the season, Friday, September 6th. That's the one that was the holdout. It's been finalized. So we'll start at the top though. We are keeping Cheltenham on the schedule. So the emergency heat replacement last year, they've become come now. An opponent. They are week one. It is away. So we're going to Cheltenham on August 23rd before coming home on August 30th to play. Now, will that be at the Super site? I I have that info in just a few few seconds here. Uh, Plymouth White Marsh is game two at home. So that's the first game at Instashine Field at Gursky Stadium will be Plymouth White Marsh. Then game three, the big one that we were waiting for, and we are going to Nazareth area, Mm -hmm. uh, northeast of Allentown. Game three on September 6th. Then the LLE schedule starts the next week. Game four at Reading High. That game has been moved back to Friday. It had been previously announced it would be Thursday, the 12th, because of an official shortage that every every, um, team was going to have to play at least one Thursday or Saturday game this season. 
because of the LL League having an official shortage. Things worked out, I think, with Burks officials, and because this is a Burks on Burks matchup, both schools were able to get it moved back to Friday. So Wilson Redding High at Albright will be Friday the 13th. Uh, game nice four. press box there too. <laughs> I don't ever get to see the press boxes for all that long, at least. Uh, then game five, Cedar Crest, September 30th. That's at home. Then game six, technically non-league, still LL and obviously huge rival. Governor Mifflin is at Mifflin and on a Friday this year. We're not homecoming on a Saturday like two years ago. In a hurricane. <laughs> so Friday, September 27th at Mifflin. That's game six. Come home game seven for Hempfield, October 4th. Go to Penn Manor, Sugar Bowl time, October 11th, Justin. Circle that one. Penn Manor, game eight away, October 11th. Game nine and senior night at home on October 18th against McCaskey. And then the regular season finale, game 10 on the road in Neffsville at Mannheim Township on October 25th. Now, since it's a new two-year cycle, we do not know if that first weekend in November will be a bye like it's been the last two years for 6A. Because we don't know how many teams are making the playoffs in 6A yet because there are more teams in 6A now because of the PIAA reclassifications. Right. Didn't we say it wouldn't surprise us if they went to 12? There's a So currently it's at 8. They could possibly go to 10 or 12 maybe. Right. Right. Uh, some and of the other classifications the do that. still get by. So then top seeds would have a buy that week. So it all depends. Right, that's just a speculation. District three hasn't finalized that, right. but so those there's four Fridays in November. The first eight. Well, wasn't it last year? We didn't know till like halfway through the season, two years ago. Okay, yeah, know, yeah, we yeah, first yeah. realized there was a buy. Yeah, that was two years ago. Um, so the first four Fridays in November would be district playoffs, but we don't know if that's happening yet. Not depending on where the uh, game is. Yeah, all, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but the dates on there would be the first eighth, fifteenth, and twenty second is the likely date. For the District Three Six A Championship, which would be um, at the the lower seeded school or the right. the lower number school, yeah. the, the better team that's left by seed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would want to just quickly focus on games one, two, and three since those are more um, those are different opponents than we're used to at Wilson. Oh, and why is Central Dolphin not on there? They've been on there the last ten years. Where do they go? That oh, has yeah. nothing to do with Wilson or Central Dolphin, really, at least directly. Central Dolphin had to drop us from the schedule because their conference, yeah. the Mid-Penn, re- did realignment, and they're now playing they, nine right, league they games. they have nine league games now. So they only have one non-league game, and it just couldn't make it work. Right. So unfortunately right. for the first time in a decade, Central Dolphin is not on the schedule. Right. So that's why there's big upheaval in the first three games of the season for 2024 and 2025. So Cheltenham is our first game, August 23rd. It's away. That is being held at their campus. Okay. The stadium is at 500 Rice's Mill Road in Wincote. That is north of Philadelphia. So they are a, for this cycle, a 5A team. They're in the Suburban 1 American. They are still um, led by head coach Troy Gore, who was the head coach this past season when we played them. They finished 5-6 and six last year. And they lost in the District 1 first round to CB West. Series history, not a lot. Played once last year, the heat replacement game. Played once slash twice. (laughs) (laughs) So they came to our place on Friday. Or no, they didn't. Saturday. They came to our place on Saturday, got rain delayed to Monday, which also had a rain delay in it. Um, Yeah. Wilson ended up winning that game 40 to 26. They were the replacement for MLK. Philly Public Schools had canceled games because of heat issues, heat advisories. Cheltenham over the last five years is 33 and 20. They've made the playoffs three of the last five years, but back in 2019, they went 14 and two and were the 5A state runner up. You're going to sense a theme here from these yeah. teams that Wilson's playing the first few weeks of the year. Game two. A new newbie as well, Plymouth, Plymouth White Marsh coming to Instashine Field at Gursky Stadium, August 30th, home opener, and the first ever meeting between the schools. Plymouth White Marsh is a 6A school out of Suburban One American. Their head coach is Dan Chang. They were 9-2 and two last year, and they lost a Division I quarterfinal playoffs games to Westchester Rustin. However, in the last five years, they are 40-12, and 12, <laughs> have made the playoff every year but the weird COVID season that is like the, the giant asterisk for everyone. 9-2 um, and two last year, I mentioned um, they've won 9 or 10 games for the five years. The only year that they didn't was in 2020. So 
that is Plymouth White Marsh, the Colonials coming to Gursky game two. <laughs> and it's only getting tougher and, in the yeah, next And one. then we go to game three. <laughs> Got the Nazareth area Blue Eagles, September 6th. That's Friday up at Nazareth. One Education Road, Nazareth, PA, just northeast of Allentown. That's where the game will be played. They are a 6A school in the Eastern Pennsylvania Conference South Division. Their head coach is Tom Falzone. Last year, they were 12-2 and and the District 11 champion. And who did they get to play in the state playoffs? St. Joe's Prep. They lost to them in the PIAA 6A quarter. You're going to sense a theme there. The last five years, the Blue Eagles are just simply 49 and 10. They have won three District 11 championships. Yes, that would that would add up to 59 games in five years, including a COVID year. Oh. Including huh. the COVID year where the, where they they finished undefeated as District Champs because District 11 pulled out of the PIAA yeah. playoffs that yeah. season. So they didn't even get to continue what could have been one of their best seasons. Right. Um, of the ones we're mentioning, but twelve and two last year, nine and two the year before, seven and four in twenty twenty one, nine and zero oh in twenty twenty, twelve and two in twenty nineteen. Uh, they've been on quite quite a roll. They're a great program. Penn State fans know uh, one of their famous alums recently, Jahan Dotson, is a Nazareth area Blue mm-hmm. Eagle alum. Um, series history, much like Cheltenham, Wilson and Nazareth have only played once. It was way back in nineteen ninety five, the second game of the season was a huge Bulldogs win, 61-21. to 21. Wilson rushed for 474 yards <laughs> and seven touchdowns. And, Justin, who's that Who's that a picture of? Oh, man, is that Jamie Sands? That is Jamie Sands, current oh, Wilson coach Jamie Sands. <laughs> he was the leader of that uh, running back trio. Actually, there might have been four guys who scored touchdowns in that game. My favorite thing from researching this last Nazareth game was – Nazareth, I don't think, was a quite a strong program back then. Uh, Wilson was pretty good under Coach Jerry Slemmer at the time. In the Allentown area paper, the Friday leading up to the game, they had a little blurb. Nazareth at Wilson Westlawn. Two words of advice. Stay home. Wilson Westlawn 45-7 to was the prediction. Wilson won 61-21. to Um it says host Wilson ran rough shot over non-league foe Nazareth, racking up 474 yards in the route. Leading the charge for the Bulldogs was Jamie Sands, 10 carries, 225 yards, who scored on runs of 41, 57, and 95 yards, the latter breaking the school record of 94. So, uh, yes, assistant coach Jamie Sands uh, knows about the Nazareth area Blue Eagles, and he has a, a, a good memory of that game. Yes. So yes. hopefully Wilson can... Uh, can keep that up, <laughs> um, but they are they are really good right now. They have really uh, turned a corner, and that, that's a tough district. Eleven is a tough place to play football. Yeah, uh, when you talk about Parkland, always Parkland, having an incredible Easton, Emmaus, Easton, Emmaus Liberty, um, Free- Bethlehem, yeah, Liberty, Bethlehem life. Freedom. Yeah, there's right. a ridiculous amount of talent up there. Um, not to mention uh, Becca High, you know, mm-hmm. and and they all get to play each other in, in the regular season. I know they'll be separated a lot of those when you get to the playoffs, but yeah, it's a uh, Quite a lot of talent coming through Nazareth recently, and that will be Wilson's Game 3 foe, Friday, September 6th, up in Nazareth. Yep. So So, um, that's all the schedule talk we have now. Um, The other ones, you know, the LL, we'll talk about them more over the summer, but everyone's pretty familiar with the Lancaster 11 teams at this point. Uh, The only difference this year is you flip-flop home and away. It stays the Mm -hmm. same week. No real changes there. So once we get into uh, Week 4, uh, everyone's pretty familiar. But like we'll you said, back those. to the Sugar Bowl. Back to so. the Sugar Bowl. Returning to Penn Manor. It's a <laughs> tradition of Justin and I uh, before and after the game. Yeah, there's a sandwich I'm familiar, shop. familiar. Like, okay. Yes, okay. We, we would have a track meet at Millersville. Uh, yeah, and go. so we would just... Um, the last few years, we've gone before and after. <laughs> I have not done that. <laughs> just putting it out there for our, our our wonderful and lovely anonymous donors. Last time, someone paid for our food, yes. 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 which uh, was pretty awesome. And yeah. That yeah, had never exactly. happened before. Did so. you get a milkshake? You know, we oh, haven't we gotten milkshake. Stop it. Oh, okay, man. next time. Oh, Nancy, now we got it. <laughs> All right, put it on the list. Put it on the list. Yeah, because we always like, I think, do we get... Pizza before or we get pizza after? I usually get pizza after. Yeah, we get pizza after. We get like a sandwich and fries and stuff before. Then we go and and hopefully win. I remember <laughs> two years ago, 
when we went, and people were like, oh, you guys weren't just saying that. Like, no, you're we're here. We're like, no, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Again. We, we, saw, we saw Wilson fans and alumni before, and we saw Wilson fans and alumni after. It was yep. like, wait, didn't you eat here? <laughs> yes, we did. That's great. And we're eating here again. That's great. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, Justin, anything else for uh, this uh, season 10 premiere episode? No, it's crazy that it's season 10. Um, yeah. it, I mean, but it's going to be March by the end of the week. Mm. And next thing you know it, thank you. spring sports starts next week. Yes, and they do. Yep, Monday, March I mean, Officially start next yep. week. And that spring season can be like a whirlwind because yes. you get like, oh, it's still winter, still winter, still winter. Oh, postseason. Yes. You know, like, now it's summer. Yeah. 90 yeah. degrees. Yeah, so. <laughs> you have to pack clothes for every yeah. possible weather outcome. Yeah. So. yeah, It's funny. The inverse of the fall where you're like, oh, it's 90. We have heat cancellations and right. you know, Martin Luther King can't play. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's we're at Cumberland Valley and it's like 15 degrees. feels there like was, 15. There was ice on top of the press box. Yes. There was ice. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Great. This is guys like watch your step. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> About what? <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, Jess, thank you very much. For thank, you. Us. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Thank you. I hope uh, you had a good time. I did. We appreciate you joining us, and I'm glad that that we were able to connect and, and get you on the show. And uh, it sounds like we got a lot of other stuff we could talk about. So uh, we'll have to, <laughs> anytime we'll have to have, have I will come back, back anytime. You know, uh, may- maybe later this summer. You know, uh, if you're working with the team again, we can we can connect on this show. You know, sometime in August. Um, that's really when things are ramping up, and we get a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, good feedback uh, on the program then. Um, but. You know, Justin and I are always doing some kind of show. And uh, I'm telling you, though, she comes on the other show. It's going to start to be billable hours because, like, the, the the league comes off and it just oh my gosh, yeah. Those are much more vent sessions. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, yeah. See, you're dealing with sports fandom at that point, right? Well, exactly. Well, I said so. I'm my husband's a Bills fan. Yes, oh. and I'm an Eagles fan. So this is there's a lot of stuff in our house. But you know, with me with the Bills, I just I have tough time with uh, the Buffalo Bills. Yes. So, uh, but I've been dealing with Eagles stuff for a right. long time, right. long, long time. Well, listen, I I want to thank you guys for the invite, and and thank you guys for doing this for Wilson's or you know the the athletes and and everything that you guys put into this. This is unbelievable. This is really cool. So I appreciate every all the hard work because I mean you guys are <laughs> so professional. So like you guys know so much stuff. I was like, how does he know all that stuff? Well, but the amount of research you put into it is just unbelievable. We do it good with smoke and mirrors. <laughs> no, you, you guys know. are awesome. Well, some of the people all the time. <laughs> That's right. So, but we appreciate your, your kind words and we thank you. And honestly, I, I don't want to speak for Justin, but I think we're on the same page that if we had more time, oh, and and money, we, we would <laughs> we would do a lot more. Um, Wilson related stuff, uh, but uh, uh, jobs and family responsibilities uh, barely allow us to do the right. football. Run. <laughs> so, um, as, as much as Thank I would you. love to, to focus on a, a variety of other uh, Wilson uh, extracurriculars and endeavors, uh, right now it's got to stay. We got to stay focused. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, otherwise, uh, we will we will lose time uh, elsewhere in our <laughs> <Right>. lives. <laughs> But yes, thank you, Jess, for yeah. joining us. This was yeah. awesome. I'm glad we could get together after uh, that being dropped on us during our our uh, <laughs> student senior player interviews. It's just that was great. I remember immediately. I was, I, as soon as I finished that interview, I was like, I'm going to email her right now. <laughs> uh, so that that's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Justin. Any anything to say before we go? No. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, for. Jess Kamoff and Justin Raffoff. I was Joe Mays. We will be back in about two months, April 28th, for uh, episode two of the 10th season of the Bulldog Hour. Um, That's it. But uh, until next time, remember, go Go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.